Warning, incoming game. Warning, incoming game. Welcome to Incoming Game, the podcast where we watch and rewatch the 90s anime. Wait, is it 90s anymore? It's not 90s. It is 2001 now. All right. Well, either way, it's season four of Reboot. I'm Jessica, and I've been a fan for a long time. I'm Ben, and I'm watching this for the first time. Each week, we take an episode, dissect it, inject some trivia, and try to find our frostiest moments. This week, we've made it. The final season of Reboot. And Damon Rising. Oh, there's only eight episodes left. What do you, how do you feel about that? I'm pretty excited about it. It's been a long time since I've watched season four, and I'm really interested to see if it holds up better than my memory says it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you were kind of like hesitant towards this season. I was. I remember being disappointed in it, but that could have just been 2001 me. <laughs> yes, we'll see what 2018 you holds. <laughs> so how's your week been? Uh, my week's been pretty busy. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff happening. A giant leadership conference I had to attend. And also it's snowing today, which is oh. poop. Yeah, yeah, we're on the same page there. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ben? I've been doing a lot since we last talked. I've been watching the new Mystery Science Theater season on Netflix. Ooh. I've started delving into the Dick Van Dyke show <laughs> because of my everlasting love for uh, Laura Petrie. <laughs> um what else not much (laughs) not much else (laughs) but some good tv stuff going on yeah it's got a little bit of tv happening (laughs) so are you ready to start today's episode yeah let's get into this okay so we're doing season four episode one damon rising first aired on october 19th 2001 is written by ian pearson gavin blair and ian weir we've got a new intro theme song with a new aspect ratio i mean th- things are changing all over the place here <laughs> i know it's in widescreen now yeah. we're no longer in old boxy tv <laughs> and uh, i actually dig this like uh, remix of the theme song kind of neat yeah that's pretty fun a little extra synth there <laughs> i'm kind of sad there's not a voiceover though yeah but what it ends up being is like just in case you forgot the musical recap at the end of last episode it's basically a previously on for the entire third season yeah they include a couple of clips from an earlier season but it's mostly season three we start off with an overhead shot of two mainframes not one but two <laughs> Uh, We also get some BoJack Horseman music. This song is to let you know you're in the 80s. (laughs) Dot's Diner is being built. I almost said rebuilt, but it's, uh, I guess, built for the first time. And Dot is in her full uh, (laughs) 80-licious outfit here. Oh my goodness. We've got an awesome rainbow under her eyes, dyed (laughs) hair, a very short dress. She's got these funky glasses and hoop earrings and an even younger Enzo. A little propeller on his hat. Yeah. As well as Frisket as a little puppy dog. Just like we saw in the game. Just like we saw in the game. If you didn't hear us talk about the game, you need to follow us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so Enzo's a little eager to visit Dad's experiment, but Dot's in the middle of adding letters to her diner, so he's got to chill. <laughs> yeah. Before they can even get the words out, there's a huge explosion. 
that completely destroys one mainframe and sends a shockwave through the other. Completely wrecking the newly built diner, by the way. Like, she just was putting the D on. So this is like a recurring thing that seems to happen. <laughs> it's like the diner is in a perpetual state of being destroyed and rebuilt. <laughs> and Dot wakes up because it was all a nightmare. She'd fallen asleep at her desk all alone. It's actually a little jarring cutting from 80s Dot to new Dot, especially because they updated her face model since last season. So we get like these two unfamiliar Dots back to back. They did. So do we want to talk about face models now or? I mean, we can get into it a little bit. <laughs> uh, they're new. They're a little weird. <laughs> yeah. I did get kind of used to them by the end of the episode. So maybe I'll be okay with them. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't as jarring as it could have been. Uh, Dots was a little bit off-putting at first. <laughs> yeah, she just looks like fuller, I guess. <laughs> she almost looks like she's like, you know, like baby fat. Like she like got younger. She's got like little like kid, kid, little kid cheeks. <laughs> well, it seems like she's got like extra eyeshadow and makeup on too. She very well may. Um, I mean, the animation looks good. Yeah. Like it, it, it feels natural and well done. Uh, it's just a little off-putting that they're just <laughs> slightly different. Right. We cut to Bob, who is soaring through the sky as he floats towards the principal office. Yeah, he's uh, over in God mode. Yeah. <laughs> Fong appears on a view screen as Bob turns a tear into a portal set to self-destruct. And uh, Dot comes out. It's like, why did no one invite me? I wanted to see this. <laughs> Fong t- says she needed her rest, but Dot doesn't need no sleep. Sleep is for wimps. <laughs> she wants to check in on the progress of Matrix and Andrea, who are on a mission out in the net. And according to a freeze frame, it looks like Captain Capacitor and Tracer have both died. Wait, what? Yeah, like there's a quick, uh, when she like looks at the screen, it shows Matrix, Andrea, Capacitor, and Tracer. And Capacitor and Tracer have like a red X through them. Oh my god, I totally missed that. (laughs) I can't believe they killed them off screen. Or maybe they just resigned, like number six. (laughs) Or maybe Tracer was just like, you know what, Mass is a little intense. I don't know if I need this right now. (laughs) He just ghosted on her. So Damon's infection is spreading, and we zoom in to Matrix and Andrea biking away from a whole armada. I'm beginning to see what you like about bikes! I told you! They make it through the portal just in time, but so do some of the pursuing vehicles. Bob seems really confused about this whole thing. He's like, what? There's, there's people coming through portals? What's happening? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of little questionable Bob knowledge in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, Bob seems to have hit his head shortly before this episode started. Yeah. The infected head straight towards the port to try and open Mainframe to the net, but Mainframe started to up its defenses since we last saw them, and they've got guns coming out of everywhere. Fong remarks that they appear to be on a suicide run, as they aren't defending themselves at all. They do not care. Dot thinks it's more of a them problem and not an us problem. (laughs) And Bob seems upset and baffled that, wait, these are guardians we're shooting at? So wait, guardians are bad now? It seems strange that they wouldn't have, like, filled him in on the whole turbo infected guardians thing, like, at this point. (laughs) Yeah, like, didn't you know this? I'm fairly certain we told you about this. (laughs) But speaking of the infected guardians, uh, a few leave their vehicle and start vaporizing binomes in an effort to put mainframe back online. Which, remind me, is bad? I don't remember anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So it's bad because they weren't online for a while. And that was when Damon was taking over. So they know if they go back online, Damon will add them to their list of to take over. (laughs) I just want to point out, though, that the cinematography is freaking amazing in this episode. They do a great job. It looks fantastic. I think this is probably some of the best animation we've gotten so far. 
inside the control room, the evil guardians, that's right, Bob, evil guardians, <laughs> delete a few more CPUs and press an ominous red button that cuts off Dot's monitoring systems. It also shoots a beam and burns a hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> we get to hear our favorite modem sound as the mainframe is now back online. Yeah, so it's explained that their goal was to open a rift to the net and keep it open for Damon's forces to come through and then destroy the control center so that it can't be closed. And we indeed see a giant wave of incoming as Dot starts barking out orders. She then looks to Mouse and gets like this little pleading look on her face. Please help. <laughs> help me, Mouse. You're my only hope. <laughs> was Mouse not going to help? Like <laughs> She's like playing Tetris or something. She wasn't paying attention. <laughs> But uh, Bob is adamant that they can't go around just deleting Guardians, and after arguing with Matrix and Andrea, he puts himself between the Armada and Mainframe's guns. Which has Dot going, why? <laughs> this guy never has a plan. Who's letting him do this? Bob never had a plan in his life. He's making it up as he goes along. I like that as like a double whammy of that, too, because Andrea even asked him, she's like, so what's the plan? And he's just kind of like... Uh... Yeah, planning. Dot! <laughs> Dot sends the CPUs to scramble up. Bob's old roommate shows up on a 3D message, and oh my god, his face is so tiny. <laughs> he just wants to spread the good news and share the word of Daemon. Now, here's a watchtower, and uh, you know, we'll come back later. <laughs> there is no past, there is no future, there is only Daemon. Yeah, sure, that cult sounds like a lot of fun. I'll get right on that. <laughs> so Enzo has had enough, and he becomes a puffer fish of rockets <laughs> and shoots down a bunch of the Guardians with just the press of a button. I put down that he turns his motorcycle into the oops, all missiles version of it. <laughs> on the ground, Mike the TV is reporting live on the huge fight happening up above. He's not doing a very good job of it, but he, he is doing it. <laughs> the scene is indescribable, so I won't even try. Yeah, and as both sides get into a skirmish, a game comes down. Bob sends Matrix and Andrea to handle that while he holds down the fort. Matrix is not happy about this. Mm -mm. Order? <laughs> uh, thankfully, Andrea is there to wrangle him in, and they head off towards the game. And we cut over to a cathedral where a guy straight out of Skyrim approaches a meditating Bjork. <laughs> we have opened another system. It, it resists the word. Impossible. Show me. Our sweet, petite, young French woman innocently asks how it could be that a system would resist them and uh, asks to see what's happening. But that's not the only news. They've also located the last remaining guardian. He also mentions that, sure enough, Bob merging with your key tool is kind of fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're into that kind of thing, but uh, keep it to yourself. <laughs> but they, yeah, they decide that Bob is the perfect candidate to be the new messenger and arrange for a Zoom room? What is <laughs> A zip file? I don't know. Back in mainframe, Dot is annoyed that her boyfriend won't murder people. <laughs> What's he doing? He is containing the enemy. Containing? Well, what good is that? One of the CPUs fills Dot in that they have four defenders in the game. So let's see, that's Matrix, Andrea, Frisket, and... Oh, no. <laughs> Cut to Matrix and Andrea inside the game, and it looks familiar, like your typical James Bond lair. Matrix is being a small child by yelling about how he's not a small child, which cues the entrance of the small child. <laughs> 
He sees that little Enzo and Frisket have hopped into the game with them, and starts to chastise them when they go ahead and reboot into Dr. Evil and Mr. Bigglesworth? What? <laughs> Which cues that Andrea turns into a fembot, and... <laughs> yeah, it's actually Matrix is Dr. Evil, and little Enzo is Mini-Me. Yes. And we cut to a scene that can only be written in to remind the audience about Hex's new situation. I'm better, remember? Because she straight up has to tell Bob that she has her own icon now. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah, remember? That's right. I forgot. Wasn't it literally one episode ago he was begging Fong to give it to her? <laughs> How did he just forget? Like, I literally think he must have hit his head between now and then. <laughs> but yeah, he's out of energy, starts falling from the sky, and Hex has to catch him and fill him in on the plot of season three. <laughs> She's like, yes, remember this? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she wants to help. Mike begins to report on the sitch, and a mini cube falls from the sky and snatches Bob up. Hex is put out by the rudeness of this, raises her hand, sends out some viral energy, and uh, snatches him back. That easy. And just to make things a little more interesting, she replaces Bob with Mike up in the Zoom cube. <laughs> Poor Mike is now standing, knees shaking in front of our French lady. And we learn they're in the supercomputer, and Mike awkwardly tries to talk his way out of the situation. She uh, looks over her lackey, and she's like, A poet once told me about television, and I became so scared to it that I would always get headaches. You shouldn't let poets lie to you. <laughs> We get confirmation that French Lady is indeed Damon, and one step from her manages to infect Mike, and he's now totally in her thrall. Oh yeah, he's talking about the word, and you know the word is bird. Everybody's talking about the bird. Bird, bird, bird. Yes, bird is the word. He's ready to spill the beans on all things Bob-related without even a twisting of his arm. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's catch up with Andrea. She has found herself in Austin Powers' love palace, and like... Actual Austin Powers. (laughs) Yeah, they're playing the groovy music. Uh, We've got Mike Myers dancing on a bed, shimmying his hips towards her. I see my karma's working, baby. Yeah! They call it his karma, not his mojo, but other than that. (laughs) This whole Austin Powers thing, like, I feel like it was all just done so that they could make a mini-me joke with little Enzo, but like... It was so unexpected and absurd, and I'm, like, furious and delighted at the same time. (laughs) And I'm just looking it up to double-check. So this was right in the midst of Austin Powers being a thing. So we had the first movie that came out in 97, and then there was one coming out in 2002 right after this, the Goldmember one, so... Was there an actual video game, I'm wondering, or is this just, like, a Leisure Suit Larry skin? (laughs) Very possibly. Leisure Suit Larry is a good one to choose from. So Austin Powers is not the only one who's Randy here, because so is Hex. (laughs) She's trying to convince Bob to get it on with her in the park. And he's like, I thought you wanted to help. And she's like, yeah, help you out of these pants. (laughs) She's like, no, we were going to go down on each other. (laughs) He says he can't really relax right now. What with, you know, everyone dying up above them. (laughs) He's like, now when all these viruses around, she's like, don't you like viruses? And he's like, you know. Hashtag not all viruses. <laughs> You're fine, Hex. You know. Now. Kind of. <laughs> sort of. You are being a little bit uh, sexual harassment-y, but other than that. Yeah, but she agrees to send the other guardians away. Just don't kill them. She's like, okay. <laughs> sure thing. And she flies away to save the system single-handedly. <laughs> a little deus ex hex <laughs> deus hex machina yes i was going to go there 
So meanwhile, Andrea drags a pantsless Austin Powers into the lair just so Dr. Evil can fucking shoot him in the head and end the game right then and there. (laughs) (laughs) I was dying at this part. (laughs) Like there was, they didn't need to, but they did it anyways. (laughs) I love how they even make sure that outside of the game, you can hear the gunshot. Right, yeah. Hex uses her superpowers to then throw all the bad guys back through the portal in a giant clump while Mouse uses her ship to throw some kind of pylons at the hole (laughs) whatever it does it seals it back up back at the cathedral mike is regaling damon with tales of his sales prowess you wouldn't believe it there were bargains galore all at the incredible price of 99.99.99 as skyrim informs her that they have failed in their efforts to convert bob she's surprised that bob could be so powerful and is even more surprised to find out that a virus is helping them out as well And Mike reveals that, you know, while they were roommates, they never actually banged. (laughs) They're just friends. No benefits. Speaking of, Hex is back and DTF. She wants a reward for her hard work. And she grabs Bob in a very mouse-like kiss and asks him when he's going to go down on her. (laughs) Bob! Dot appears on a view screen with the worst possible timing. (laughs) Bob closes it as fast as he can, but she's definitely already seen too much. Yeah, there needs to be a way to, like, accept or decline an incoming vid window, because you have no idea what the person is doing when you pop up on screen. Come on. It's true. It could be private time. (laughs) So Hex gets a little tingle, but not because of Bob. (laughs) That wasn't me. Her icon starts to spin, and a swarm of nulls overtakes her and turns her into another nullzilla. The show then references the very episode that it's referencing with the back of their own DVD cover. I love that. (laughs) Funk is giving it to Enzo to fill him in on the episodes he's missed. He's like, here, while you're catching up, check out this podcast, too. (laughs) Matrix and Bob are fighting about Bob being a hippie all of a sudden. And uh, Hack and Slash start chasing after Nibbles, who you'll recall is Megabyte's dad. Dun dun dun! (laughs) Nibbles disappears into the swarm, and then the swarm itself starts talking and asking for help. It turns into a creepy face and asks his daughter for help, Uh, but it's not just any daughter, as for some reason, Dot, Matrix, and Enzo can manage to recognize that voice as Wellman Matrix. Sis, that's our dad! What? Wait, 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 wait. Is Megabyte Dot and Enzo's brother? I'll never tell. Is that why he gave him a guitar? (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll find out, won't we? Remix and theme! Remix! So Jessica. Ben. Did this live up to your memory? Uh, It's a little bit better than my memory this episode. There's a lot that happened. I kind of felt like rushed during it, I guess. Oh yeah? Just because, you know, we haven't seen these guys for we don't know how long. (laughs) Like, obviously some stuff has gone down in between episodes. uh, And it would have been nice to see, like, where we were with the whole thing. But um, instead we just get, like, thing after thing after thing. There's, like, a lot going on. Right. But it was really good. I thought it was fun and enjoyable. And Damon is fun. And I remember her being great. So (laughs) I think she's still great. I like the idea of this being, like, the opposite of Hex and Megabyte. Like, she doesn't look or sound... Like an evil virus. Right, right. You're a little small for a super virus, aren't you? (laughs) She's just a sweet little girl with a French (laughs) accent. What do you think, Ben? I really got a kick out of this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the cinematography was incredible. I uh, laughed out loud probably more often than in any other episode we've watched so far. 
I thought the animation was top notch. And uh, it's funny you mentioned the pacing seeming rushed because uh, I actually really liked the pacing. I shouldn't say it seemed rushed. I didn't think the pacing was bad. Just that there was definitely not a moment where you sat down and breathed. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of liked that. Like, I, I liked that it was just constantly moving and it was funny, like, throughout, you know, and it was like, I don't know, like, the balance just, like, really felt perfect for me. That's good. Um, one of the things I did also notice is that Matrix seems angry again. Oh, of course. Like, I thought he'd worked through a lot of the anger, <laughs> but he is, like, right back in the angry angry zone. Yeah, he hadn't changed at all. <laughs> Order? Me? How dare you? Like, what is... Okay, calm down, dude. Like, he's kind of, like, the guy in charge. You're supposed to be a little <laughs> guardian. He's a big guardian. I mean, not in size, because obviously you're bigger than literally everyone in the show, but... <laughs> Bob, you're tired. <laughs> it's okay, Bob. We'll get you in the home. You obviously are forgetting things, so... He does. He has dementia. <laughs> He's forgotten everything that's happened in the last season. <laughs> he needs to watch the DVDs again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Him and Enzo. We just gotta catch up together. For an introduction to the new season, I'm actually super excited for what's to come. <laughs> like, I want to continue. Can we? Can we just, like, bank all eight episodes right now before Christmas? I mean, sure. <laughs> That's how it originally was supposed to be. One big right. movie, kind of. So here's a question. Why wasn't the second mainframe restored at the end of season three? Was the restore point just past that time? Well, it must have been if Enzo was older than we saw him then, but younger than Nullzilla Enzo. Right. So somewhere in season one, I'm thinking, is when their last restore point was. <laughs> but I love that Damon's thing is this, like love like they just love damon it's not evilness it's not destroy it's not you know welcome to megaframe it's not chaos it's oh you all love me now you worship me now that's just how it is the cult of damon very culty <laughs> very weird and bob's ex-roommate has a really tiny face <laughs> i didn't notice this his head is huge but his face is tiny <laughs> right so we'll just have to find out then what happens next I mean, we've got the net open. Damon has her eyes on Mainframe. Uh, and Mainframe's biggest protector, who is a virus, is currently, I don't know, consumed by nulls? <laughs> Something like that? So we'll have to see how it goes. Pixelacious! So uh, what kind of trivia do we have this week? Do you have any bits and bites? Yeah, so this is the first time we see uh, Mainframe's Twin City. We also get our game, which is obviously a giant reference to the Austin Powers trilogy. We've even got sharks who I assume have freaking laser beams on their freaking heads. I looked. I didn't see any. <laughs> um, including Mini-Me, Mr. Bigglesworth, uh, Dr. Evil, and Austin himself, and the Fembot, of course. Uh, at one point, Dot orders all guns to target 4.01, which is this episode's production number, which is funny because all their other production numbers have been like strange numbers that don't seem to go with it. But 401 is just season four, episode one. <laughs> right. It's a little more straightforward. <laughs> now, was this one 4.1.1 if we were to follow last season's naming system? Oh, uh, no, they don't have it listed at that. They aren't quite doing the same thing because this is essentially two movies. Right. This actually originally aired as a one full movie, right? Yeah. And uh, well, Damon Rising did. So Damon Rising is one. And then the, the second half is a different movie. And mm. from what I remember, it there's not an overarching plot to the two of them. They're two completely separate plots. 
Additionally, let's see what else we got. We see Nibbles again for the first time, who uh, we know to be at this point Megabyte's father, but now is maybe also Dot and Enzo's father. And we learn the reveal of Dot and Enzo's father as Wellman Matrix. We also have young Enzo. His shirt actually says now, I am zero zero, his little <laughs> kid shirt. Yeah. So he's not number one. He's number zero. <laughs> oh, and apparently this is the only season opener in which Megabyte does not appear. He's been in the opening episode of every season so far, except for this one. Interesting. Which is probably because he's dead. We don't know that. <laughs> also, this is our, I want to say, sixth Enzo voice actor. Oh my God, really? <laughs> so welcome Giacomo Passato as Enzo Matrix the sixth. Is that for the baby Enzo? or? Uh, no, that's just Enzo Matrix voice. So I think it's for both baby Enzo and child Enzo. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, and also welcome Columbe Demers as Damon, which means that that accent might be real. It's also not Icelandic. Also, no, it's not Icelandic. <laughs> Sorry, Bjork. She gave me Bjork vibes. I don't know why. And uh, Richard Newman as Deacon, who is the uh, Game of Thrones looking guy that hangs out with her. So should we talk about the game? Yeah, so we have a game again. We haven't had a game in a real long time. It's been a while. <laughs> and our game is Austin Powers. Uh, so we do have an Austin Powers game. Uh, it was made for the Game Boy Color. Really? Back in 2000. Wow. Which has me cracking up because I feel like 2000 was not long ago, but oh. they were still Game Boy Colors. So it must have been. <laughs> it was 18 years ago, Jessica. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I feel you, though. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, 2003? Yeah, that was... Oh. <laughs> so it was called Austin Powers Obehave. Um, and it is not anything like the game that we see here. It is very much a platform game in the sense of Super Mario or Donkey Kong. Like, you're jumping on these, like, really? little... Yeah, these little, like, metal platforms. And you're shooting, like, uh, you know the police hats the bobbies wear in britain right yeah those are some of the things that you're shooting you're not like shooting fembots or anything what a garbage game (laughs) yeah it's really weird and you get like some strange um like cones when you like shoot things you're like huh now i've got this cone i'm like what is this is anything to do with austin powers I mean, this is coming from someone who loves platformers, but this doesn't sound like a very good game. No, it does not. <laughs> it apparently, the game also included Austin Power-themed remakes of Pac-Man and Rock, Paper, Scissors, and the board game Othello within it. It had, like, N- mini-games. Nothing makes me <laughs> want to play this game more than knowing there's a Rock, Paper, Scissors game in it. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Go play the Austin Powers Rock Paper Scissors game right now, guys. Everyone, are the items even themed? <laughs> N- nothing like... seems themed other than the fact that you're Austin Powers. Like even with a character that looks like the character of Austin Powers, I would not have guessed this was an Austin Powers game. Looking at it, oh my god, <laughs> there's nothing about it that says that's what this is. So also, uh, you had mentioned previously. Uh, Leisure Suit Larry, and I hadn't thought about it, but this is a game that Luke mentions a lot. So we'll bring that up. Uh, so Leisure Suit Larry is an a- adult-themed game uh, <laughs> starring Larry Laffer, who's a balding, dumble entendre-speaking, leisure suit-wearing man in his 40s. <laughs> uh, he The game is pretty much to go around and uh, find ladies to seduce. 
See, this sounds like Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. It almost reminds you of like an old like point and click adventure game, essentially, uh, where you're going through and the goal is to find these ladies that you're going to seduce. And there's like little mini games, I guess, to get them in bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was published by Sierra. Um, there's a few different versions of it. Uh, so there's ones that came out in 1987 and ones that came out in 2009. Uh, so there's a huge suite of games, uh, including one called Magna Cum Loud. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> one that is set, actually, it says it's set for 2018, but I guess it has not yet been released. So more than likely pushed back to 2019 called Wet Dreams Don't Dry. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a whole lot of stuff like that. Real classy. Real classy stuff. <laughs> and for uh, mostly PC. So most of these are on the PC. But they aren't PC, if you know what I mean. But they aren't PC. <laughs> so if you're in the mood for essentially a rude dating game, there you go. <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry. Which is way more Austin Powers than the Austin Powers game ever could be. <laughs> I don't know why I keep like picturing it as just like Boogerman with Austin Powers replaced as the icon of the Avatar. <laughs> this is wrong. This is all wrong. All right. In the course of watching this episode, did you find yourself a frosty moment? So my first runner-up, I'll say, is Matrix turning to Bob and going, "Order." <laughs> <laughs> just because he's so angry and his face is just like what did you say to me <laughs> like dude calm down like <laughs> get over it we're done you've worked out your anger stop but i mean like think of my real frosty moment though has to be hex being all seductive and i don't even know if seductive is the right word pushy <laughs> yeah a salty uh <laughs> But I think also the animation works really well with her because she only just got herself fixed, quote unquote, last season. So this is the first time we're really seeing her emote with all her facial features and not just switching masks. Right. So the fact that it's a new model, like I'm not thrown off by it. And it's actually more interesting to me to like watch her face move and stuff like that as she's trying to force herself on Bob. Speaking of the new face models, I had actually seen like a screen grab of like Bob's face in season four and I was really put off by it, but it actually wasn't that jarring this time for some reason. Like, I don't know if it's like a different, if it changes down the line or whatever. I think they work better in motion. Like when you see them by them, like just a still image, you're just like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, that's weird. But then they actually start moving and you're like, okay, like I, I can, I can do this. This is fun. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Did you find yourself a frosty moment? As much as I hate to admit it, because we've been talking about it too much, but I think it has to go to the Austin Powers sequence. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like such an of-its-time reference and like completely bonkers, because you know that the only reason they put that there was to make the mini-me joke. It really is. But I think it got the biggest laugh from me just because of the audacity of it. Like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it feels so dated now. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like it came as a huge surprise to me i was like oh oh they're doing that <laughs> <laughs> it's weird like the references they make in the first three seasons to things like the prisoner and stuff like that that were at the time 30 years old yeah <laughs> like that didn't make the show feel dated this one that is that was modern then and is now 20 years old feels real dated <laughs> but yet universal <laughs> All right, I 
don't think we have any feedback this week just because we forgot to put out a, a tweet. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, everyone. That's all on me. I had silly leadership conferences where I had to sit in a hotel all day listening to people talk about <laughs> how to be a leader in sales and stuff. So <laughs> that took up a lot of time. <laughs> but we do have some nicknames to give out because we have three new Patreon backers at the $5 level. What? Oh, yes. So we have $5 pledged by Bry. That's uh, Bry Kodik on Twitter, who's been a frequent uh, commenter. Awesome, Bry. We could do... Oh, let's do Nullicious. Nullicious? <laughs> Nullicious. Okay. Bry Nullicious Kodik. <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, Upgrade from uh, Michael Steele. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Or shall we say Michael Michel Steele? Yes! <laughs> Michel! <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and then we also have an upgrade from Jacob Howler. Oh, thank you, Jacob. How about Jacob Mojo Howler? <laughs> you mean Karma. <laughs> karma Howler. We'll combine it. We'll call it Mojo Karma. <laughs> Jacob Mojo Karma Howler. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, so they've all upgraded to $5 a month, uh, which means they're going to get to listen to some of the bonus episodes. Right now we have a bonus episode for Avatar The Last Airbender and a bonus episode for the reboot video game, as well as a video of me playing the reboot video game that you guys can go watch on our Patreon. It was an interesting experience. You should go see how it went. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was an interesting time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, what are we looking at next week? So next week, we're continuing our adventure with Damon uh, in Cross Nodes. We will get a little bit more behind the scenes information on what was happening with the whole Dot and Enzo dad thingamabob. And we'll see what Damon has in store for Mainframe. What do you remember of this episode? I think I've watched them all together, so I don't know if I could break it out by episode. Oh, okay. I do remember that Damon does come to Mainframe and that at some point Hex gets a heck of a makeover. Oh, boy. (laughs) But I couldn't tell you if that was actually this next episode or the one after that or the fourth one. Time will tell. I think it's time to make this voyage unprofitable. So, Ben, would you like to recommend anything today? I've actually got a bunch written down, so I'm going to portion them out because I know I'll run out if I burn through them all. So yeah, I'm going to recommend the artwork of Eric Joyner. That's J-O-Y-N-E-R. He's a painter, and most of his paintings involve robots and donuts. (laughs) And it's just a lot of, like, whimsical artwork, and uh, I'm sure you can find a book of his, like, stuff. But uh, seek him out. I I think you'll get a kick out of them. Awesome. That sounds like fun. I like drawings of donuts and robots. (laughs) (laughs) and also if you're not watching mystery science theater on netflix you should be because it's very good so uh i just started and i'm late to the uh party here but i just started killing eve which is now in its second season i'm still in the first season but so far it's fantastic it is kind of a reverse la femme nikita You've got an assassin who's living in France and has a handler and all that stuff, but is mostly told from the point of Eve, who is a woman working for MI6 in Britain, trying to track down this mysterious female assassin that is killing people. And while it sounds like it's pretty cut and dry, you know, undercover assassin-y stuff, it's hilarious. Like... (laughs) Everyone in it is like a real person. They act like real people would. Eve is 
ridiculous, which is funny because she's supposed to be a spy for all intents and purposes. Um, <laughs> and the woman who plays the assassin plays a sociopath fantastically. Uh, <laughs> she does fantastic facial expressions and really manages for you to enjoy the fact not enjoy that she's killing people but make it an enjoyable show while she's killing people (laughs) uh so i definitely recommend it it's super fun there is a lot of murder in there so fyi (laughs) uh but still super fun all right sounds great so uh yeah until next time, you can always uh, talk to us at Incoming Game Pod on Twitter and Incoming Gamecast on Facebook, or you can always find us at IncomingGameCast.com. I'm at Dudworks online. I am at Stervino Lady online. That's S T I R V I N O Lady. Our theme music is Spasmatica Polka by Kevin McLeod. Are you going to play the ukulele? Yeah, I'm going to play the ukulele. I'm going to play us out of here. <laughs> Is it actually a ukulele? What is that? Yeah, I picked it up in Hawaii. Oh, nice. We have one, too. We could both play the ukulele badly. What do you mean badly? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stay frosty, everybody. <laughs> frosty, folks. <laughs> Game over. User wins. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know.